Three or four years ago, before I started this podcast series, I began reading up on relaxation techniques. I had heard an awful lot about mindfulness and meditation in particular had been in the back of my mind for years as being something I felt I should look into. So I hopped online and searched for books on the subject because I knew very little about meditation. And the first book I found was a book by the name of 10% Happier by Dan Harris. And I was immediately drawn to this particular book because it seemed to be pitched at readers just like me who were meditation newbies and sceptics because I was a little bit sceptical, if I'm completely honest. So if you fit into either one of those categories and want a witty, insightful and more than anything, a helpful introduction to meditation and how it can improve your life, well, then 10% Happier is the book for you. And it just so happens to be the subject of this episode of the Happy Habit Podcast. Hey, Matthew Norrie here, host of the Happy Habit Podcast. We like to talk health and well-being. We do it every Monday and Thursday. We've been doing it for over two years and we now have over 200 episodes. So our archive is seriously stacked with lots and lots of interesting and informative topics. So if you have the time, dive in, subscribe and share with people who you think might get value from this podcast series. So 10% Happier drew me in because it was written not by a psychologist, as many books on the mind and meditation tend to be, but by a TV news anchor, yes, by the name of Dan Harris, who, as a result of the trauma experienced when he was working in war zones and his subsequent descent into drug use, had a panic attack live on air in front of millions of people. And the video of that panic attack is actually available on YouTube if you want to seek it out. And that public meltdown prompted Dan to tackle his demons head on. He did so by seeking out professional help in the form of a psychiatrist. Actually, I think, I think he went to about two or three psychiatrists. And they confirmed his suspicions that it was his drug use that was causing his panic attacks to manifest. Well, it was in part because of his drug use. Dan embarks on a journey of research and an important early conclusion he arrives at is that humans' failure to recognise thoughts for what they are is one of our most basic flaws. He introduces us to the concept of the ego, which he tells us is the cause of many of our problems. But the main one being that it is never satisfied. It is always wanting more. It thrives off drama and worry. It dredges the past and projects into our future in order to find problems to, well, focus on. It is perpetually preoccupied with our social status, comparing us and our looks and our wealth and our assets to other people, to peers. When we achieve anything, we are only temporarily satisfied before the ego shifts the goalposts yet again and we start feeling restless all over again. In short, the ego is never happy. When we allow the ego to do its thing, you can see quite quickly how disruptive this can be. When we choose instead to live in the moment, we aren't anywhere but the here and now. 
Indeed, the present moment is all we really possess. On his journey, Dan inevitably encounters Buddhism, the main thesis of which is that in a universe of perpetual motion and change, those people who hold on to things that won't last end up suffering. Nothing lasts. To fight this reality is to suffer. This is a central tenet of Buddhism and is why many people are unhappy in the first place. They are simply resisting the inevitable. It's a futile fight. The notion of constant change and impermanence is used by the author to put our everyday trivial concerns and worries into context and to lessen them because in the scheme of things, they don't matter. All they do is heighten our stress and our levels of unhappiness. It's kind of like crying at the rain. You're crying at something that is completely out of your control. And then because the universe is constantly changing, within 10 minutes, the rain's gone and the sun has come out. And yet you were crying about the rain 10 minutes ago. Dan encourages us to drop our attachments, divest yourself of your ego, divest yourself of its power. Know that life is change and uncertainty. Of that, you can be certain. This knowledge alone is hugely powerful. The ironic thing is that it's only halfway through this book that we, or should I say, the author, really encounters meditation. He decides to give it a try and immediately doesn't think much of it. And to be honest, I felt exactly the same way. I thought, is this it? I was super disappointed. I was expecting a life-changing event, an epiphany of some description, and I think the author did too. Not so quickly. He talks us through the process of meditating. You sit comfortably with support at your back, you close your eyes and focus on your breath. Whenever your attention wanders, which it will constantly, the moment you realise, forgive yourself, don't judge and focus on your breath. And that, folks, in a nutshell, is what meditation is. Now, he was underwhelmed, but deferred to the experience and knowledge of others, including to the tradition of meditation itself, which has been practiced for thousands of years. You were then introduced to the practice of mindfulness, which is a way of living that, when you think about it, is diametrically opposed to that of the ego. While the ego is always wanting and searching for more and reacting constantly, mindfulness is the practice of living in the now, without judgment. Indeed, we are encouraged to embrace that which bothers us, leaning or expanding into things we fear or try to escape. And in doing so, the author introduces us to RAIN, which is the technique for meditation. It's made up of recognise, allow, investigate and non-identification. The recognise is acknowledging your feelings. The allowing is when you lean into the pain and let the pain be. Investigate is checking out the situation and how it's impacting on your body. Is your face hot? Is your back tight? And the non-identification is realising that just because you feel pain or frustration or guilt or anger right now does not mean that you are an angry or broken person. It is simply a phase happening at that moment in time, not your identity as a person. Now, leaning into a feeling and examining our physical sensations is very, very similar to the ideology espoused in a book that I spoke about recently, The Happiness Trap, which is based on acceptance and commitment therapy, where we accept what comes our way rather than judge or fight against it. 
I'm also reminded of the author Ryan Holiday and his mantra, the obstacle is the way. When I read the Buddhist saying that Dan includes in the book, the only way is through. In other words, we have to confront our fears. We have to confront our obstacles. We can't go around them. We must forge straight ahead. Mindfulness allows us to dial down our reactiveness and puts us in a far better position to control how we respond to life and to change around us. And if you think about it, controlling your responses, controlling your behaviours, your actions is the only thing you can do to external events because you can't control those external events, only your response. The author dives headlong into his meditation quest and even goes on days-long meditating retreats where he's literally meditating for hours at a time. And there's no phone, there's no TV and no outside communications or distractions. Literally just him and his desire to know his mind better. And it's actually something I have thought of doing at some point myself. While I do meditate every day, it's usually only for about 15 minutes. I am a little intimidated by the thought of meditating all day long, which is probably exactly why I should consider going on one of these retreats. Now, as a result of his meditation retreat and total immersion in meditation practice, the author tells us that we can graduate from focusing on our breath to whatever is there at that point in time, whatever object we want to focus on. He also suggests that we pose ourselves a simple question when encountering stressful or challenging situations. That question being, is this useful? Again, this notion of curiosity comes back time and time again in all of these self-help books that I read. Rather than jumping to conclusions and reacting emotionally, asking the question, becoming curious about our responses, about our thoughts at that point in time, about the challenge that we are met with, is this useful? The 10% happier title of the book came from Dan himself when he was trying to succinctly sum up to people exactly what meditation meant for him. Most people don't realise that they are slaves to their own thinking patterns. We are constantly subjected to our own thoughts, which make us feel uncomfortable. And in order to cope with this discomfort, we find a variety of ways to lessen it and pursue things that we think will make us happy but ironically don't and in fact make us even unhappier. Again, a theme I have seen in other books on the subject of happiness. As I have discussed before in this podcast, there are many types of meditation. There's focused meditation, movement meditation, mantra meditation, mindfulness meditation, and another form of meditation Dan starts to practice in the book, that of compassionate and empathic meditation where the focus is compassion towards the self and others, which he found to have a very uplifting effect on him and those around him. The author also discusses the Buddhist principles, which read, to be honest, to many to be plain common sense. Buddhism and meditation, as we know, are inextricably linked. And here are just a few of the common sense Buddhist principles that Dan includes in the book. Number one, don't be a jerk, be a nice person. Number two, meditate. Number three, the price of security is insecurity. In other words, embrace uncertainty. Number four, don't force things. Number five, humility prevents humiliation. 
Number six, go easy with that internal cattle prod. In other words, don't be hard on yourself. Number seven, non-attachment to results. It's not about the end product, it's about the journey. And number eight, ask yourself what matters most. In other words, focus on your priorities and make sure they are correct. It's funny, the more of these self-help books I read, the more I notice they seem to arrive at the same conclusions again and again, even if they start out from a very different starting point. And that seems to be that living in the moment in a compassionate, non-judgmental way, a way that sees thoughts as merely just thoughts and allows us to embrace whatever comes up, whatever emotions we feel, that allows us to best negotiate the ups and downs of this life and to live this life in the most meaningful way possible. I have a particular fondness for Dan Harris's 10% Happier because it really introduced me to the whole subject of meditation, psychology and neuroscience. And there's plenty of all of that in this book. It is at times a lighthearted every man's perspective of a subject that mystifies people even today. That is until they take the time to explore it. Meditation is indeed a superpower. I agree with Dan Harris, the author, on that. But it's a practice that must be engaged in constantly. Well, thank you for listening to this edition of the Happy Habit Podcast. Until next time, stay happy. (music) 